Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, I don't do a ton of interviews for this podcast, but I wanted to talk about designing homes for families and children, and I am not an expert in that arena at all. So I brought in a true expert in the subject of home interiors for young and growing families, and we had a really fun and illuminating conversation. I felt like I learned so much, so I know you will too. My guest today is Lauren Farquhar, who is a residential interior designer and owner of Storied Homes in Cincinnati, Ohio. Lauren has amazing taste, impeccable style, and she designs homes with character. Lauren is also a parent of young children, and we talked all about how to transition your home through all the stages of having kids from the very early days with infants all the way to having little adults with opinions and preferences. Lauren has a refreshingly grounded point of view in terms of maintaining a home with two little ones, and she talked about what has worked for her family and what has worked for her clients as well. Lauren and I have known each other for the better part of 20 years, so it was also great catching up with her. And with that, here is our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic, especially because I, I love talking about interior design, obviously, but I have very little experience with creating a home that is comfortable and suitable for kids. And I know that you're a very unique person in the sense that you have tons of experience in the interior design world, both commercial and residential, but you're also a parent, right? I am. Yes. I have two boys. That's so great. And how old are your boys? George is four and Henry is almost a year and a half. Oh my gosh. Four already. Can you believe that? No, no, it's, it's going so fast. That's amazing. So when you became a parent, how much did you rely on your professional skills as an interior designer to kind of get the home ready or transition things from the way they were to a home that was going to be more suitable for kids? You know, um, I, none of it was really very conscious. And in fact, I probably did a lot less nursery decorating than the average mom. I am, maybe it's that old trope that, you know, a designer's home is never decorated because they're always doing client work. I don't know. A lot of people focus on the nursery so much and getting it perfect. And I don't really know why I just wasn't into it. <laughs> like I'm bad mom, bad designer. I don't know. I was just like, you know, he's a baby. The room's cute. He's got a few cute things in there. Like, I don't need to hang any wallpaper. <laughs> you didn't feel like that. Because um, I think a big part of that with especially today is like the social media pressure of like posting, oh. you know, that kind of business. So you didn't feel that. I mean, we all feel that, right? I think that maybe that was my way of dealing with it was just like, I'm just not going to. 
and baby proofing the home is not something that you have to do right away because they're not mobile for for a while so you know we got the room ready we got everything that we needed and you know every stage brings new things that you have to think about and consider so it's it's an evolving process oh that's so true well yeah because I've heard young parents who go into it really relaxed because the first year it's really not that big of a deal it's really like when they start to crawl, that you have to start thinking about those kinds of things. And so what were some of the bigger changes that you had to make early on? Early on, you know, we had to make room for things like the playpen and the high chair. Um, We got some of those foam mats for uh, tummy time, play time. Um, So trying to find some of those that were acceptable to my aesthetic you know I kind of wasn't loving the rainbow colored ones (laughs) because they were right in the living room um so I guess that's been a a concern from the beginning of mine like I want it to be suitable for the babies but I also want it to be pleasing for me I have to look at it too and I care very much about how the space looks so um, trying to find that balance of what works for everybody That's, I mean, that's a really important point, I think, because it's easy to get really focused on what the kids want, but I think it's so good that you kept your preferences and your sensibilities in mind. But I think you touched on something really important, which is as the kids grow, you really start accumulating more and more stuff for them, right? So what are some of the ways that you've strategized to keep your home more organized in terms of like the toys and the mats and all the different things that come along with kids in their various stages? Um, I try really hard not to accumulate more than we need or more than we use. So when we, when the kids grow out of something, you know, when George was done, I packed it away. Um, I sorted through, you know, what do I want to save for the, uh, you know, other babies and what can we part with? Um, the stuff we were saving, I, I boxed up and got out of the living space. Um, and then I do the same thing every so often as Henry is outgrowing his clothes and his toys, we're passing it along so that others can use them and that it's not something that I have to manage and look at and you know store all the time and I just try to limit how many toys we bring into the house honestly um I don't want to deprive the kids of toys but I also think that they don't need tons and tons of toys they keep themselves occupied with whatever's in the house and it's more work for me. The more toys there are, the more things and clothes and all of it. Like it's really easy to accumulate. It's always, it's constantly coming into the house. So I'm just trying to always constantly make sure we're not keeping stuff that we're not using. Well, that's good. I mean, that sounds kind of like a minimalist approach to child rearing basically, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I don't, I've never considered my aesthetic to be minimalist, but I do think that my approach to how much we're keeping in the house, and it's not just the kids stuff, that applies to to stuff that I keep too, my own wardrobe and um, things like that. So um, I don't feel like our house is sparse, but I do feel like trying to be cognizant of how much we have is definitely, it makes the house easier to keep clean and to feel nice and to feel like a calm space. You know, it helps me I have a low threshold for, for clutter. So the less stuff we have, the calmer and happier I feel. And I think that probably applies to everybody in the house. 
Yeah, I think that's super important. And that might be something that not everybody realizes about themselves that like peripheral clutter can actually affect how happy or agitated you are at any given time. But so you decided to not do a dedicated playroom, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, part of that's that we just don't have a ton of extra space in the house. But I also just feel like we all use the spaces. And so I think that they should serve everybody in the family. Also, the kids are young enough at this point that they're not playing super independently. So we all are in the living room most of our time. Um, So I think the living room is a place where it makes sense to have toys, but it also has to be a place where I enjoy spending time. So it needs to be kind of that balance of um, not not totally filled with toys and a mess all the time. Um, they have toys in their rooms too. George plays in his room. Um, we have a space in the basement that could be a playroom one day. Um, right now it's a home office and home gym and, you know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So for us, it works to have the toys in the living room where we're all spending our time. I can keep an eye on them. Um, and it kind of also naturally limits how much we accumulate. That makes sense. And so do you have like a little organizational system for the toys in the living room? You know, we've tried a lot of different things. Um, They've got a little shelf with some open bins, which makes it easy for them to help put away the toys. Um, That was out in the living room for a while. Then I made some space for it in the closet. Um, So I like to test out different things. You know, if something isn't quite working, how can we improve this system a little bit in the closet? That's good. Flexibility is key. You don't always get it right the first time, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. And do you, you guys don't have any like big toys? Like uh, what were those things called? I was going to say Hot Wheels, but Hot Wheels were small. The, um, power power Wheels, like the big power cars. Wheels, right. Yeah. We don't. Um, my son loves cars. George loves cars and he would love one of those, but we don't have anything like that. Um Yeah, if we're going to get anything big like that, I have to really carefully consider where it's going to live in our house and if I really want it to be in the house. So um, no toy kitchens for us at the moment, nothing like that. I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't made any hard and fast rules against it, but I, I weigh those decisions carefully. Well, that makes sense. And that's kind of like a big part of it too, is that when you don't have those really kind of massive anchors in the space, it makes it a little bit easier to just have it feel like a, like an everybody room, I guess. Yeah. And do you include your kids in cleanup time when they're kind of done playing in the living room? I try. I try hard to teach them that if we're moving on from one activity to another, that we put away the toys. Um, George is really good about picking up when I ask him to. Um, it can be tempting to just do it myself when they're occupied, you know, a preschool or napping and, and that happens, but yeah, I do try and have them help. That's good. That's really good. I feel like I always hated cleaning up after myself when I was little, but it was, I don't know, in my room, I got to be messy, but anywhere else I needed to kind of pick up a little bit. So That goes back a little bit to the minimalist approach, because if there aren't an overwhelming amount of toys, then the task of picking up isn't quite so daunting for them either. There's like not 60 different toys out at once. (laughs) Yeah. 
minutes. That's kind of my goal is like, if we need to pick it up in a few minutes, it doesn't take a huge amount of time to get the room clean. And so that's all kind of like what's worked for you guys, but have you had any clients who have requested maybe different situations, different needs for toy storage or a client who wanted a play space? I haven't designed any play spaces, um, but I did have a client who, um, she had an old house similar to ours that had a really small living room. And she had, I think maybe four kids and she expressed that she was really frustrated that the, the toys kept ending up in the living room and it was always messy. And so she said, you know, I've really asked them to keep their toys upstairs in their bedrooms, but there's just, they, they always come back down to the living room. So I talked to her about how they use the space and she was like, yeah, the kids are down here with me. Most of the time we're all together. And, you know, that was how she wanted it. She enjoyed having them all together in the living room. And so I said, you know, let's just kind of, embrace the reality that these toys are going to be in your living space and let's just find a better system so that it looks tidy and it doesn't drive you nuts anymore. And she happened to have this really beautiful credenza that was kind of underutilized. So we found a new place for it and made that dedicated storage for the toys. So the toys had a home, but they, you know, were there where the kids could enjoy them and they could all spend time together. Oh, I love that phrase. Embracing reality is always a good idea. (laughs) It's like if something's not working, it's good to just pivot and try something else, right? Yes. What what is realistic? Uh... The other thing that I was curious about is just this idea of kids evolve so much so quickly compared to adults, right? So they're, they're, interests are changing what they want what what they kind of need to stay entertained throughout the day is always changing so what have you what have you noticed uh, about that in terms of how your home has kind of morphed and shifted over the past four years and what what have you like maybe given up or taken away has anything did anything go away for a little while and come back Um, You know, I got rid of all the big baby furniture, you know, the bouncer and the playpen, you know, as soon as they were outgrown. George has been interested in uh, the same types of toys for a really long time in terms of like anything car or vehicle related. Um, So that's been kind of easy. We've added in, you know, coloring books and Play-Doh and things like that as he's getting older. And But I think the biggest change has probably been as George gets toys that maybe have small parts like Legos and Henry's not yet at an age where it's safe for him to play with those things. We have to find ways that, okay, how can George see what's available for him to play with, but it's not something that Henry can get into and swallow small parts. So that goes back to the flexibility. I think that it's just always evolving. So we're just finding new ways to store the toys, to organize them. And it's a good reason to be constantly, as we're reorganizing, okay, are we still playing with this or can we pass this along? What about, aside from toys, like just in terms of child-proofing the home, what were some steps you took, like that you changed about your home when after you had your kids we blocked off the kitchen just the whole kitchen because it was just kind of easiest um to keep him 
out of the way. We don't have a very large kitchen and right now Henry wants to go in and grab everything out of the drawers and kind of just be underfoot. So instead of, you know, putting latches on everything, we just kind of currently have it blocked off. Hopefully we'll be out of that phase soon. I moved our coffee table when he started walking because he was kind of crawling underneath it and getting trapped and um, I was worried about the corners. So we just moved it out of the way and we thought, you know, we don't love this table. It's time to replace it anyway, probably. So maybe we'll get an ottoman instead. And we just never got around to it. Um, so now we have this open space in the living room and I missed it. For a while it felt really empty and now we've kind of rearranged some other things, zhuzh the layout, and it's kind of working for everybody. It feels more open and the kids have all this open place to play. So we're, we're figuring it out as we go. We have baby gates at the stairs, of course. Um, we have the kind that have like a built-in door so that we're not having to step over them all the time and just trying to keep things out of the way so he's not finding things to get into and, and swallow. I remember that was one of the first things we did when George started becoming mobile is we had like a random drawer in the coffee table that was always collecting junk that we didn't need. And so we emptied those things out and <laughs> just kind of subtracting as they get older and start reaching things, you know, start moving things and getting rid of things. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense because as that curiosity spikes, everything kind of starts to look like a toy. <laughs> yes, and Henry is always trying to grab my plants too, unfortunately. So I'm having to find them new new homes. Not, not new homes outside of the home. I'm keeping all my plants, but um, I'm, I'm having to move them to places where they're safe. He's ripped up a few. We've had a few little... Not plant murders, but injuries for sure. A few plant injuries. Plant Aww. injuries. Yeah. Well, that, that's good that they, they've survived their Henry attacks. <laughs> yes. I have hardy plants, you know. I'm becoming a better plant mom, but they, they need to be pretty hardy to begin with. So, so true. Oh my gosh. So in terms, okay, so that's everything like in terms of maybe subtraction, right? But what about in terms of addition? Like what are elements that you really love that you've added into your home to, to help kind of like foster a good environment for the kids to play in? Right now I'm really leaning into like floor pillows and things because they're, they're taking all the throw pillows anyway and, you know, jumping on them and building forts and, and rolling around on the floor. So um, I've been shopping for like big sturdy floor pillows. Um, and of course we've got like a big cushy area rug that's good, you know, we're always down on the floor with the kids too, playing with them. So that's kind of good for everybody to have a big cozy rug. They enjoyed the blankets and things that are in the living room, making forts and cuddling up on the couch. So finding things that work with my decor but also are practical for the kids and things that aren't too precious that I don't mind them jumping on because that's I've given up trying to teach them not to jump on the pillows like it's just gonna happen and I don't think they're gonna outgrow that anytime soon either from what my friends tell me so of course not <laughs> big durable floor pillows I love that you're like a pillow fort contractor now <laughs> <laughs> exactly so they okay so they're into like pillows and constructing little like places spaces within spaces do they show interest in how the home looks or like things that you buy or bring into the space 
Um, George is very observant and he notices all of the changes, but he he always wants me to put it back the way it was, unfortunately. So I, I, I hope that he outgrows that. I think it's just he notices that it's changed. Um, but for instance, I, ch I changed the hardware on our kitchen cabinets and he noticed immediately and then said that he liked the old ones better. And uh, I'm sorry, that's too bad. <laughs> Hopefully he'll get used to it. Yes, yes he needs develop his own sense of taste hopefully it's just uh that sounded very critical of his opinions but <laughs> well yeah exactly everybody's a critic right yes yes well let's talk a little bit about materials in your home because you're talking about these rugs and these floor pillows which sounds so like cozy what do you look for when you're buying these things in terms of like fabric color fabric content like do you have any things that you wouldn't buy or or what are you drawn to um well I definitely always am looking at the fabrics now when I buy new things you know is this going to be showing fingerprints and all of that. Um, we do have a lot of holdover furniture and fabrics from before we had kids um, that have held up better than I would have thought. So, you know, I have some light linen armchairs and light linen dining chairs, and um, they're certainly not unscathed, but um, we didn't have to completely replace everything when the, you know, when the kids joined the family. So, I spot treat with hydrogen peroxide a lot. That has been working pretty well. Um, the dining room rug is just barely off white. It's almost white. Um, it doesn't have any major stains. It definitely has looked better. When it comes time to replace that, I probably will consider an indoor-outdoor rug. Um, not not like a plasticky one, but one that is certainly made to have some stain resistant properties. Um, they actually have a pretty wide selection of indoor outdoor rugs. So, you know, I still want to balance. I don't want everything to it, all the fabrics to be dark, um, even though that would be the most practical. That's not really the look I'm going for. Um, so I consider how durable is the fabric itself? Is the color something that's going to show wear um and you know i'm not investing a ton of money in the highest end stuff unfortunately you know you have to be realistic about about the family and you know so yeah i liked i liked what you said before about say, nothing really wants to be too precious but right. i love that you're still just kind of like you know, flowing with light colored fabrics. Cause I feel like that's kind of a, in some ways a low hanging fruit when you're thinking about like kids or pets, like it's like, Oh, well don't do that. And it's almost like in my mind, that's kind of the tell that you're a designer is you're like, no, we're going to make the white work. Yeah. It's my house too. <laughs> um, yeah. We did buy a living room rug that is on the lighter side and I was not sure about that purchase it's worked out pretty well it's um it has enough variation in the pattern and enough different tones going on that it's not like oh there's a spot so that's another thing to look for i guess is um if you've got some heathering in the pattern or you know some just variation it's going to help than just like a solid white rug is going to show everything 
Right. A little, a little texture can hide yeah. a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any of the like performance fabrics in your house, like Nanotex or Krypton or any of the like replacements for Scotchgard that are out in the market now? No fabrics. Um, I think a lot of the rugs anymore, even if you're not specifically shopping for that stuff, I think a, a lot of carpets are already treated with that, but I, it's not something I've specifically sought out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're, they're like, you do kind of have to search them out a little bit with the performance fabrics, right? They're not really saturating the retail market. No, I don't think for residential, it's a very common thing that you find. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so just a couple more questions. One thing I was curious about is, was there anything that you were focused on prior to your first child arriving, like when you were setting up, that once everything started happening, you realized really wasn't that important? I was pretty focused on not having the house filled up with baby stuff (laughs) uh, (laughs) from the beginning. Um, I do remember buying a lot of tiny baby hangers. Um, (laughs) And part of that was that we the nursery at the time we were in a a house that was built in the 1800s and the closets in that room were so narrow that they wouldn't fit an adult size or like a man's shoe like they were probably 10 or 11 inches so they were perfect for hanging baby clothes they weren't useful for a whole lot else (laughs) um and we did have a dresser in the room so you know it made sense but definitely we're at a point now where I don't even fill the the kids laundry like we just we separate them in drawers by shirts pants and then they just George can put them right in himself um so that's definitely (laughs) something I guess I I learned no more tiny hangers yeah we don't need the tiny hangers they were very cute but not as practical as just dumping into bins yeah it sounds it sounds like a lot of precise work to get tiny clothes hung on tiny hangers yes yeah okay so if you had one piece of advice for parents who are trying to get their homes organized what would that be not to sound really militant about it but really um try not to keep or accumulate more than you need because it really just creates more work for you managing the house having to mentally keep track of what you have and clean it and store it and move it and organize it it's just it's just a lot of work so only keep the things that are worth it to you to put that effort in and let go of the rest and it really just frees up a lot of mental space and time and physical space (laughs) yeah and I mean that's really like sound advice for anyone right it's just I think less is more yeah I think so yeah awesome well thank you so much for uh coming on the show and sharing all of this amazing insight with everyone I am so I feel like I've learned a lot just talking to you about all this stuff so thank you so much oh it was my pleasure and um I'm just figuring it out as I go along so I'm glad that you feel like you learned something (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and if you have any thoughts, comments, ideas, or questions about what you heard today, join our community over on Instagram. We keep the discussion going over there and have a lot of fun. As always, I hope you have an excellent day, and I will talk to you in the next episode. 